1: Hey everyone, this is Joe Waters, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Cause Talk Radio. On the line with me, of course, is Megan Strand. Hey, Megan. Hey, Joe. How are you doing today?
0: I'm so good.
1: Yeah? Now, it's a beautiful day in Boston, but I heard it's It's not not so beautiful in wherever you are.
0: I love how you act like it's some big mystery. You just don't know where it is.
1: That's right. I just don't know where you are. I know you're somewhere (laughs) west of Worcester. That's the only thing I really know about you.
0: Most of the world is west of Worcester.
1: That's right. But I know you're having a great day anyways. I am. And we have a great show today because we have someone who's been a fabulous guest on the show twice before. We have David J. Neff, who's an author, speaker, and consultant at pwc and he's also the founder of one of my favorite programs lights camera help hey dave what's happening
2: hey joe hey megan how are y'all
1: thank you you know what you know what the thing is about dave megan he's awesome he's smart he's good looking right he's got lots of hair right he stays in shape (laughs) he's Dave is the full package, and that's why I love having Dave on the show, because he is educated on just about everything that we ever talk about. I mean, he was on episode uh, 33 when he talked about the future of nonprofits, and then, again, he was back on episode 95 talking about Bitcoin. And so this guy, in addition to having fabulous hair, keeps track of everything cutting edge. And today he's on... To tell us about the crowdfunding bill of rights that somehow he's found time to put together, right, Dave? <laughs> that's
2: right. A lot of a lot of people helping with that. I feel like a trendsetter that I was on uh, episode thirty three. That seems so long ago. Guys. You're I so know. before your
1: time. No, that's what are we What are we at <laughs> now, Megan? It's like one nineteen, hundred and
0: twenty. Yeah. Oh man, yeah.
1: So we're we're moving along anyway. So, but we're it's been great having you on. Uh, Dave, so many episodes, and whenever you're on, you always have great information, too, to share with our listeners, some of our most popular shows. Tell us about this new thing that you're as if you don't have enough to do uh, in your <laughs> home base of Austin, Texas. Tell us about what you're doing with the crowdfunding Bill of Rights.
2: Yeah, well, what we're what we're really trying to do is, is go out and get ahead of uh, a, a trend that's been popular, I think, in the, the for-profit sector a while now obviously the idea of crowdfunding to um, come up with you know the, the best way to sharpen a pencil you come up with this wild idea you put your pencil sharpener out on Kickstarter mm-hmm. and you go go and the myth is that people come and, and fund your crazy invention idea and you go and you you know make it and sell it but nonprofits obviously as you and Megan know have been doing crowdfunding for a long time it's just there's a lot more tools technology and Mm -hmm. platforms out there that are specifically for crowdfunding your nonprofits program. Mm -hmm. So what we tried to do is just get ahead of that and come out and say, look, what does the crowdfunding bill of rights look like for people giving money to these campaigns? That was last year. Mm -hmm. And then this year, what's it like for the nonprofits who are taking that money and putting themselves out on these platforms like Kickstarter and Indiegogo? Mm
0: -hmm. And so you did this at South by Southwest, both last year and this year, correct? Just with a different, targeted to a different person?
2: That's right. And, and at the uh, Nonprofit Technology Conference with uh, in- oh, right. as well. Oh, that's right. And then my, uh, my partner in crime, um, Miriam Kagan from Kimbia, uh, went and, and did a little bit of that research at AFP uh, this year as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And so you're asking for feedback on this, right, on your Bill of Rights? I guess we should probably talk about what the Bill of Rights is first
2: yeah for sure so you know what we've done is kind of identified seven or eight main points um and uh, you know we can get into any of the ones you guys want to talk about you know our first big one is transparency uh transparency of fees transparency of mm. what it means for your nonprofit to sign up on indiegogo or kickstarter or you know artistfundme.net if you're a uh, you know, if you're an arts nonprofit, I mean, there's literally hundreds of these sites that are popping up yep. and, you know, we went down, we talked to our audience we had everyone from large nonprofits, to super small to platforms, folks from Kickstarter, folks from Indiegogo were in the room. And we just had these big discussions and came up um, with these kind of eight points that we're asking for people's feedback on. You know, we're, we're crowdsourcing our crowdfunding bill of rights to throw a, A bunch of buzz terms at you guys.
1: So it sounds like from looking at this, especially the first couple points, uh, Dave, there's a big emphasis, of course, on transparency. But you also look to nonprofits and you say, hey, just because you're a nonprofit doesn't mean you can not be transparent and you have to fulfill any perks that are associated with the venture.
2: That's right. That's a big thing. Um, and, And, you know, there's this delicate balance between um the tote bags that your uh, you know WGBH gives yep. out over there in Boston uh for giving people money and then for saying okay well you gave at this level we're going to give you a t-shirt or a cd or a ticket to our gala um and and actually saying if we don't fulfill you know our funded amount we still have to give those out or being transparent and saying you know what we promised you this but we didn't make our money so we can't give it to you um, and, you know, nonprofits like to waffle a little bit on, on both of those things. So mm-hmm. we want to make sure that that's a transparent part of this process, right?
0: Is that something that you're seeing often in the nonprofit world that they, like you just said, nonprofits like to waffle? What does that mean? They're just trying to bait and switch to a certain extent? Like they, they don't want to come out and say, we didn't meet our goal?
2: You know, definitely not the bait and switch, but what they're doing is just not being clear. And then you have a lot of donor uncertainty. um mm-hmm. Hey, I gave to this. What's going to happen? You say you want to raise $5,000. What if you don't? What happens then? Um, and I think nonprofits get scared of that deep of a level of transparency. And so do startups. You see plenty of people who want to build the next toaster, and when they don't get that money, they have to give it all back. Um, or they do get all the money, and they never give you the toaster.
1: Mm. And, and what's mm. the
2: recourse for you not getting that toaster, right?
1: Yeah, I think something like that, you know, that's a thr- the the thing, too, that could really sabotage the whole crowdfunding industry is that people that's just right. are not following through on these things. Hey, Megan, you know, one of the things I was thinking about just listening to Dave talk about this is so many of these things are applicable to cause marketing. Yeah, uh, you know directly because, as you probably know too, Dave, uh, New York State, including most states, have been very vigorous in proposing uh, guidelines about how mm-hmm. uh, brands, both nonprofit and for profit, should be working around cause marketing projects. And you know, one of the big things is obviously like transparency, like you know, how much is going to the cause? You know, how much does this cost? When they're going to get the money? Uh, you know, specifically, what cause is it going to? Instead of saying, "Oh, it will benefit cancer," check and uh, and not telling people something like that. So, you know, I, when as I'm reading these, I'm saying, hey, there's a lot of good points here, kind of extended points that could be applied to cost marketing.
0: I think there's a lot of extended points, but I think there's one giant difference, and that is the existence of all of these platforms, these mm-hmm. crowdfunding platforms, because I see a lot of the word platform jumping out at me on the Bill of Rights. Is that true, Dave?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think the hot new... <laughs> startup, uh, much like uh, Pied Piper on that HBO I love that show. <laughs> so, I love okay, that which, show. It, it's spot on. Great show. Um, they, they should pay me for, you know, mentioning it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll let them is know. That everyone, yeah, is that everyone's going out and saying, look, I just built the next crowdfunding platform and it's specific for urban farmers mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, we're only gonna help you raise money for urban farms. And so nonprofits to do that get involved in that. And they may not know the risks associated with aligning themselves to a brand new startup, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um and, and so there's a lot of that education that's going on out there right now. Right. Um, and so many platforms. It's it's bananas.
1: hmm. So just as a, a nonprofit should be careful in working with a new company, a new company that maybe produces some types of goods or services from which they want the cause to benefit, they should approach that with some caution. They should approach these companies that are doing crowdfunding with some caution.
2: Absolutely right. And 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 that includes you know, a, a full legal review, you know, how are their finances? What will they share with you? What will they not? Because you, you want someone to be a good partner. Um, and, you know, there's just so many of these crowdfunding platforms that are coming up now, and I'm sure some of them are amazing, um, and and some of them uh, might be scams. So people just have to be careful. And, you know, it's no different than online fundraising 15 years ago mm-hmm. or peer-to-peer fundraising yeah, good point. years ago. It's yep. just the next evolution.
0: What kind of feedback have you gotten so far, like at South By, on the on your nonprofit bill of rights, or on your crowdfunding bill of rights from the nonprofit's perspective?
2: You know, I think we've had some uh, resistance from some nonprofits to want to contribute um, and, and really hold themselves accountable, right? Mm. Um, look, you know, we're still experimenting. We haven't done this. We've got a lot of folks who say, Look, we're doing peer to peer fundraising, the super traditional model. Um, we haven't even got here yet, so I don't know if we're a little early on this or if we're spot on, mm-hmm. we're kind of waiting to to see that the rest of that feedback roll in. Mm-hmm.
0: and what are you asking what kind of feedback are you asking for? Are you asking them to actually sign on to this, or are you asking asking them to say, you know what could you sign on to?
2: Yeah, great, great question, Megan, and, and way better than Joe's question. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, for for us, what we're asking them is to not sign on. You know, they don't have to display it on their their website to shit, but we want feedback on the eight that we came up with during AFP, during South by Southwest, and during the the nonprofit technology conference.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So is this something eventually, Dave, you see nonprofits kind of appending their signature to, and they say, hey, we agree to these terms, we're going to follow these terms, and this is how we're going to do business when it comes to crowdfunding?
2: Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, I, I would love to see that. I'd also love to see the platforms. I'd love to see... Uh, Indiegogo, Kickstarter, you know, some of the bigger ones, um, sign on, put this on their website. So here's some of the stuff that they, uh, agree to as a platform when they work with nonprofits. And, you know, making it just some of it's really small. Some of it's just saying, hey, someone out there went and started a campaign on one of these sites for us. We had no idea. Right. Like, you should alert us if yep. we, you know for easy to contact you use their contact email or a form and and let us know or hey they're putting up the wrong logo how do we go in and and change the logo so yeah. you know it's a whole range of stuff from these large transparency issues all the way down to they're using our logo from 6 years ago how do we put the right one on there since
1: this represents us. Yeah, and that's an excellent point too, uh, Megan and Dave, when we see a lot of times in cause marketing too is people are out there hosting campaigns and fundraisers and the nonprofit knows nothing about it. And in many instances it works out, the money goes to the nonprofit, but in some instances I bet things can go awry.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I I think it's the same exact thing um, that that you guys see and uh, cause cause marketing happens in in the crowdfunding field but people think it's a great idea to go out and, and do x y z and the non doesn't know any think about it until they get a check. Uh, mm. But meanwhile, the information on the site was wrong because it was taken <laughs> from some third party website right. from four years ago.
1: Yeah, right. And, you know, I think this highlights the fact, though, to uh, Megan and Davis, is just how important it is for nonprofits, especially, to be monitoring their brand and to, you know, be following what's going on. I mean, so much can be revealed just through a simple uh, Google search, and maybe you have the, the foresight to even go in and set up a Google alert for your organization so that you can and see different things that are coming online about your organization, and know about these things. And that's what I think we need to see more from nonprofits in general: is greater awareness
0: about these things. Well, Absolutely, that's the whole point of the Bill of Rights. I mean, all about transparency and yep. awareness. Are there any points that you've gotten particular pushback on?
2: And no, not yet. You know, I, I think what we want to do is just carefully avoid people uh, bashing platforms you know, of saying, oh, this particular platform, the fees are too high, right? Um, or or whatever it is, right? That's stuff we can't control. That's not necessarily in the uh, the Bill of Rights uh, type of information. But what we want is these higher-level strategic things that people can see as key indicators of whether they should be with a particular platform or not.
0: And when it comes to nonprofits, at least with your experience, you've been doing this for a while, what are the... What are the biggest mistakes that you see them making, and does it relate to any of these bill of rights thing? I mean, are there things that are more common than others?
2: I think, uh, for sure, I think we're at such a, um, you know, such an infant level stage at the whole crowdfunding gambit that, uh, you know, a lot of nonprofits are either really bullish on it and they dive in without a clear strategy behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in talking to the Indiegogo folks, for instance, they recommend that you already have 10 to 15% of the money ready to go uh, before you start fundraising, right? Mm-hmm. So you have that, you know that this person's going to give you this much. You've already done a little bit of homework with your donor base to get big people to start seeding the campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, And, you know, there's other strategic things, email segmentation, all the the stuff that you guys talk about on the show. How do you reach out to a corporate partner and have them assist you in your crowdfunding campaign? And people aren't thinking of that. They dive right in. um, They say, let's try it. And then when it doesn't work, um, they're like, that's not for us. We're never going to do that again. And and I hate (laughs) to see people be turned off that quickly from such a long range strategic fundraising. Um, uh, you know, fundraising opportunity for them. Mm.
0: Well, because it is a sort of a funding strategy of the future, really. I mean, I was reading something, I think it was on the Kimbia post, about grantors wanting to see that you've gone to crowdfunding to try to raise money before they grant money to you.
2: Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's interesting, too. And you're seeing big brands, bigger brands than I ever thought. Um, that would be engaged in there. And what you're seeing is folks like Honda mm-hmm. saying, you know what Honda cares about is drive-in movie theaters. Mm-hmm. And here's a really cool nonprofit community group mm-hmm. that helps fund and build drive-in movie theaters. And it's this perfect, you know, great alignment between the brand and, and, and that group. And so they get together and they put something up and they're starting to raise funds around it. So it is, I I do think it's a, a key indicator of uh, maybe a modernness or, a, a you know, you're striving to be innovative. You're doing something a lot different than just emailing the same list that you always ask for money for money. Right?
1: Well, you know, I think, too, is what's big about something with crowdfunding, too, is it, it really is a test to the nonprofit. Can you motivate your supporters to support this campaign? And uh, yeah. in many instances, I think a lot of nonprofits can't, that they can't get that type of support, and they know it right up front. And that's why a lot of them don't do it. And sometimes they do do it and it still doesn't work out. But the best ones are those people that say, hey, I know if I do this, my supporters are loyal enough and committed enough that they're going to follow up and follow through on this.
2: That's right. And, you know, it goes to it goes back to our point about strategy earlier. You can't just come off of your national giving day or of your end-of-year giant push and suddenly ask everyone, now chip in for this crowdfunding, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, a, a, you need to strategically place it at the right time of year, talk to the right list, get maybe some of your major donors involved to actively give money to seed the campaign. So you don't start with zero dollars, you start with already $2,000 given, things like that. Um, you know, there's a lot of interesting things. And to your point, so for, for Light lights, Camera Help, uh, we have a new executive director in who's, who's doing some great work with the, the nonprofit that I'm a part of. And, you know, part of our crowdfunding package is tickets to the event, mm-hmm. right? You're buying your ticket for a little bit more than your ticket would normally cost, um, and we're telling you the fair market value, et cetera. But that's part of our crowdfunding campaign. Right. Uh, and then you actually go to the event, you love it, and the next time we do it, you're more than happy to give more money mm-hmm. or to go level up from where you bought tickets last time.
1: Yep.
0: Are there places that people can get resources about how best to do a nonprofit crowdfunding campaign? Because the Bill of Rights is really awesome and it provides some very basic, you know, this is how this should be done. This is how you what you need to watch out for. But in terms of what you're saying right now, you know, go get preceded monies to help you with your campaign. Are there other resources you recommend? Yeah, Dave, have you written yeah, Cosmo, have you written crowdfunding for dummies yet?
2: No, I'm sure somebody might have already beaten you that. Um, uh, You know, I I think the big thing there, um, three websites, um, so the folks at Indiegogo do a great job on their side of kind of breaking it down uh, and giving some good campaign studies. So I'll make sure you guys get that link and can include those in the show notes. The folks at Kimbia, although they work at a larger scale of crowdfunding, theirs are really about national giving days, right? How Mm does the city of Austin raise $7 million in a weekend, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Things like that. Um, And then my blog, which is uh, 50wonderful.org, I'm always kind of putting up you know, here's a good lesson of why it worked, here's a right. good lesson of how it failed, <laughs> type of uh, things for people to learn. From.
1: No, that's good. And I think that type of sincerity and honesty about, different, cam- about uh, you know, different campaigns is something that's really necessary. And I should remind, too, our listeners, that back at episode 100, we talked with another crowdfunding expert, a professor out of Berkeley, that uh, wrote the crowdfunding report for the United Nations, Richard Swart. And you spell that <laughs> Not like I say it, S W A R T. And uh and he actually has on the show notes for that, we have something on seven best practices uh for a crowdfunding. So you can Perfect. get some additional information there.
0: See what I did there? It was just a it was a subtle plug just for a past episode of ours. That's right. <laughs> so, Dave, if people want to weigh in on your crowdfunding bill of rights, how do they do that? Where would they go online?
2: Yeah, so um, mostly information, uh, at our, our kind of co-presenters for this, um, which is, uh, the folks at kimbia.com, uh, so it's, uh, kimbia.com slash blog and, and you guys can put up the link to the exact post. We've already got some good folks weighing in on, on comments there. Mm-hmm. And then on Twitter, uh, I'm at DaveIM, uh, and, and a lot of people have been tweeting me their thoughts or, saying, hey, we didn't go far enough. Here's what I'd like to see in, in a future version, things like that. And, you know, that's always a great way to reach me and, and talk about things.
1: How do you feel uh, about I'd that, Dave? Would, that. People, would people uh, tweet you comments that have to be 140 characters?
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice, I like that. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, 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 but no, I just no.
1: think in some instances it'd be like, uh, could you could you elaborate a little bit more on what your point <laughs> no, is? <there?
2: laughs> get, get to the point. Get right to the point. Well,
0: and of course, we'll put all of those links in the show notes. How about you, Joe? Where could people find more about you online? Oh, you can barely find
1: me these days. No, you can find me at SelfishGiving.com, of course. Uh, You can check me out on Twitter, Minute to Minute, talking to Megan and Dave at Joe Waters, And of course, you can find I have 3,500 pins. I have so many more pins than uh, Megan has on Pinterest. And that's the name of my board. I have so many more pins than, than <laughs> Megan on Pinterest. And, and uh, you can find me at Pinterest.com slash Joe Waters. What about you, Megan? Where can people find you?
0: I'm also on Twitter at Megan Strand, and I tweet for the Cause Marketing Forum at TweetCMF and also blog for the Cause Marketing Forum at Cause Update, where you can also find today's show notes. You'll also be able to find those show notes, of course, at SelfishGiving.com. And as far as Cause Talk Radio is concerned, subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. And if you haven't done so already, we would love for you to review the show on mm-hmm. iTunes. Yep. Just take a moment and let us know what you think. And on behalf of David and Joe and myself, we'd like to thank you for joining us of this episode of Cause. Talk radio, and we'll talk to you next time.